Welcome to A Presence on Your Journey, a podcast of community autism resources. I'm very pleased to have today as our guests a whole panel from the Gotcho Access Program. I'm going to be using the acronym GAP throughout the rest of the program, so I won't have to say the whole name. So we'll start with the director of the program, Kate Danzaro. And to her left is, actually, why doesn't the panel introduce themselves? I'm sorry. Uh, to the left of Kate is actually me, Devin Belisle. I am a junior as of now of the Capital Access Program. And to the right of Devin is the similarly named but not related Kevin. And I am a freshman of the Gap. I am Daniel Menard, a senior at Gap. Aha. So, you can feel free to jump in to any point during this discussion. I hope that this interview isn't too technical. I, don't, I didn't mean it to be and when I looked over my material, but just feel free to jump in. So, I'd like to start with the origins of Kate, uh, of the origins of Kate. <laughs> <laughs> Way back when. <laughs> wow. The origins. <laughs> Thank you, Dan. <laughs> origins of the Gotcha Access Program. The Gottschall program came in honor of Elaine Gottschall, and it was originally a program put forth by Pamela Farrow, and she was working on gardening skills with autistic adults and young adults. And as that grew, the students requested more learning opportunities. And so the program grew from just a summer gardening program to a summer five course program, to what it is now, which is a three-year, three-semester, per-year program. I noticed that you just used the word gotcha program. Was access not in the original start? No, it was funded through the Gottschall Foundation. And when they wanted to expand their program and they asked to work with Community Autism Resources to be able to do that, they passed over their remaining funding and so we honored that with continuing with the name Gotchal to honor Elaine Gotchal and the access program was what we decided to give as its full name. Okay, and how does one access the program? Is there an application process? Are there eligibility criteria? There are. So the first eligibility criteria is that you need to have a diagnosis of autism. You need to be someone who is willing to learn, who is wanting to have some lifelong learning opportunities, who can access learning materials, who can be in a classroom for 50-minute classes. There is an application online on the Community Autism Resources website. There's a GAP page, and all of the application material is on that page and we accept a new cohort every September. We bring in a new cohort. When we graduate our seniors, we bring in a new freshman group. What is the philosophy behind it? So our philosophy really is that the Gottschall Access Program is a college experience program. We were seeing at Community Autism Resources a high number of young autistic adults who were leaving high school and they weren't able to access college traditionally, they weren't able to get a job independently, but they also weren't a good fit for a day program, a traditional day program. And so we found that there were a lot of adults who were kind of stuck. And we wanted to bridge that gap 
Get it? And so we created this program as an opportunity to start to discover in yourself what you'd like to do with your adult life. And so we have life skills courses, students are learning about themselves, their strengths, their challenges, their learning styles, how to advocate for themselves, deciding what they'd like to do in the future. They're taking health and wellness courses to take charge of their own physical and mental health. They're taking theater courses, which not only are fun, but are working on writing and confidence and public speaking and, you know, just having the opportunity to perform. And then they have enriched two enrichment courses that they get to choose from. And those enrichment courses run the gamut from traditional academic courses like math and philosophy and psychology to special interests like Dungeons and Dragons or photography. And we do a lot of art courses as well. We have access to the greenhouse on campus and we also have our own garden beds. So in the summer and fall semesters, we're able to do gardening classes as well. Can we go around the panel and ask each student what courses you're taking? Currently, my courses are start the day with Nutrition 2 with Kayla, then Financial Management with Shannon. Right now, I would be having Comedy with Jeff. And then the two after that are electives of which I chose. First was Animal Care and then nature exploration. So I think I'm speaking to Devin, is that correct? Yes. Okay, so what's comedy like? Comedy is, we get a lot of laughs from, and it always feels very nice to get a laugh from the teacher from our jokes. It's very affirming, and it also helps build up that confidence that was touched on earlier in like a public setting, and getting our like ideas to the public and stuff, our future endeavors. Okay, Kevin, I think you're after Devin? Yep, I'm after Devin. So my classes, since I'm a freshman, they have different classes. So my first class would be self-awareness and self-determination with Shannon. Singing is with Jeff right after. And then right after lunch, I have kickboxing with Kayla. And then my electives that I chose are photography with Andrew and nature exploration, which is also with Andrew, so I get to stay in the same class for the last couple of classes. And Dan? Yep. So I start the day with theater. We're currently working on our final production. Next, I go to fitness with Kayla. And then after lunch is life skills, the gap wrap up with Shannon. And then for my enrichment courses, I took gardening for both of them. Now, and this is your senior year, right? Yes. Now, there's also, Kate, I understand it, an internship component to the program. Can you go into that a little? Sure. For their senior year, each student participates in 20 hours of an internship experience. So we have a few steady internship areas where we're able to move students in and out of them. One is at the New Bedford Public Library and checking the shelves of the books, making sure that they're all where they're supposed to be according to the Dewey Decimal System. We have another one at Sharing the Harvest Farm where students are doing farm work and gardening work. And we have another one at Gifts to Give in New Bedford where students are sorting and folding and getting things ready for their thrift shop that they have there. And then Dan, if you'd like to talk about your experience. Yeah, so what I am doing 
is I am actually doing my internship with South Coast Health. And so what I'm doing is basically every Monday from 8 a.m. until noon, I go to Truesdale Clinic and their laboratory. I greet people as they come in. I help them sign in on the computer if they, if they need help. I collect um, specimen drop-offs for the lab. And yeah, <laughs> I'm liking it so far. Dan, what's the theater production that you're preparing that you're doing? Or um, is that a secret? So basically, each graduating class puts on a final show right before their graduation ceremony. And it's usually each student contributes something to it, whether they're writing a short play or me, I'm writing music for our production. So they write, act, produce, <clears throat> yep. direct, they do it all and that takes place on the BCC stage. Mm -hmm. at the end of their last semester. So Kate, what are the kind of measurements and things that instructors would look for? First of all, what's the difference between instructors and mentors? So our instructors are folks that are teaching the classes. So when we're looking for an instructor, we're looking for someone who has experience, knowledge, enthusiasm in whatever area it is that they're going to teach. So for example, Shannon is our life skills instructor. She's a speech and language pathologist. She has lots of a background in teaching life skills and communication and those types of topics as well. Jeff, who is our theater teacher, is a community actor. So he has all that experience of being in both stage and film at this point, he has a wealth of experience. So for our instructors, we're looking for people who really have the experience in the field that they're going to teach. And then from there, we support them and teach them how best to teach and support our autistic students. And then each class has a classroom aide, and that person is hired specifically to support the students, while the instructor's main goal is to teach the class. In terms of measurements, our instructors at the end of every semester do complete what's called a soft skills assessment on students. And soft skills are really skills that you're looking for in adults who are moving into either work or school or the community. So we're looking at communication, organization, teamwork, things that are really going to support a person in being successful in whatever their future goals are. And then we look at those assessments when we need to develop a goal for a person for their ISP, their Individualized Service Plan, which is met upon and re-looked at every year. So that's really helpful for us at looking at where is a student in terms of those soft skills and where do they need to work on some improvement. And that helps us with pulling together our goals as well. I don't know if you covered this in your answer. I'm sorry. That's okay. So I was just wondering if you can give us some examples of soft skills. So soft skills, they correlate very well with executive function skills, which is really a hallmark challenge for most neurodivergent folks. So we're looking at organization, communication, time management, good use of your time, being able to work on a team, effective communication. Those are the kind of skills that we're looking at in terms of soft skills. So we're not grading on, you know, did you know all of the material that we covered in class? We're not giving traditional tests or homework assignments. What we really want to see our students succeed in is though are those skills that are going to be necessary for them to move on to their next steps after gap.
And what kinds of things does the program expect to see from students beyond GAP, for example? Are there some like specific things beyond GAP that you'd like to see students get into? or? Sure. So in their senior year, the students are looking at their future goals. They're designing their portfolio. They're deciding what they'd like to do after GAP, and we're helping them to formulate the steps that need to be taken in order to realize what their goals are. Some of our students get jobs and working is their goal. Some students want to live more independently. Some students would like to access the community more. And in Dan's example, what are you doing after GAP? So after GAP, I want to attend classes at ECC and earn a certificate in computer programming. He's going to be very successful. And to that end, Community Autism Resources, who is our parent agency, we have achieved the ability to provide services in individualized in-home supports as well as college navigation so that beyond GAP, we have the ability to offer those services and the students will be working with someone who's very familiar with their skills and challenges already and it's a really nice post-GAP support for us to be able to offer that. Can you talk about the portfolio? Because I found that interesting when I was looking at the material. Is that a three-year process? Is that something that happens in your senior year? And, and Dan, since you're the senior of the group, would you mind going into yours? But first, if we start with Kate to explain sure. in general what it is. So generally, it is a three-year process as you're learning about yourself, what you want to do, who you want to be, what you're capable of, how to ask for help, or you know whatever it is that you need and want to be able to do post-GAP. The bulk of it happens in your senior year, in that winter semester, where you're putting together your resume, your cover letter, your references, example thank you letters, so that you have all of that. And what we typically do is house that on a Google Drive so that the students are always able to access that. They'll always have a hard copy of that. When they graduate, they get a copy of their portfolio all put together for them. Another component that we like to do is the video interview so that students have an interview already that they could present to potential employers or schools or volunteer opportunities so that they already have completed an interview and they can hand that in before going in for an in-person interview, which can be very stressful and challenging. So it's nice to have a realistic showcase of the student's capabilities and abilities on that video interview. Okay, so I thought it was just a senior year thing, so I apologize for No, that's, a, that's when they really do it. So it's, it's more like a three-year record, sort of, of your development and your goals and so on and so forth. So I have a question for all of you. Do you get to use the facilities at Bristol Community College? What's it like being on the campus? And can we go around and talk about if you're able to use some of the facilities and stuff? Yeah, I'd say we are given liberty of the facilities, even though recently I can't say what facilities I have used recently, but I remember we've been given access to like a library and we were told with like access to like the gym. And I've also had an early history in this program of also multitasking with college curriculum classes outside of the program as well. And then I've also been working on that and that's something I also plan to follow up with more after the program. Yes. What kinds of areas of the campus are you able to get involved in, facilities and so on? Well, the facilities that I use since, well since I'm a freshman, I go to specific buildings for specific classes, but 
if I really wanted to, I could take a walk to any other building, you know? Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure that a majority of the buildings are available for everyone. I mean, I've gone over to the J building. When I'm at the A building, I'm doing kickboxing. I go to the J building, you know, sometimes to get a drink from the vending machine, you know. It's all sorts of stuff for all the students. There's vending machines, there's, you know, rec areas, you know, there's all sorts of stuff available for us. So do you mind if I ask you what kinds of skills in their kickboxing course? So we're learning how to defend ourselves. Like we're learning like these different moves, like hooks and like uppercuts. And then there's like, you know, with your feet too, this kicking. And not only is there attacks, you got to learn the maneuvers too. Like you got to move around a little bit. You got to, you got to block yourself, especially your face, stuff like that. We learn all sorts of different skills in kickboxing, not just attacks. So do you guys have student IDs or something like that so that you can access the campus? Yes, we have campus cards. So how I got mine is I, I had to like put in all my information, my student ID number, and I had to take a picture of myself. And then you just get it like printed and then you should keep it somewhere safe like your wallet. I keep mine in my wallet so no one like takes it. The campus card lets you go to places that you're like for example I don't think you'd normally be able to use the gym without a campus card. Mm -hmm. You'd need a campus card to go access the gym and stuff but it can be used for other things too like if you don't remember your ID you can just take a look at it on the card or I think Kate you can put money on the card right? Yeah. Yeah. You can put money on it for like the vending machines or your lunch or something so yeah. One area we all definitely access is the cafeteria. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. Yeah. You guys get to use the cafeteria. Oh, yes. We, we use the cafeteria pretty much every time we're here. That's where we go for lunch. We don't have to eat in the cafeteria, though. There are seats outside where we can chill out in the sun and like, unless, of course, it's raining. But, you know, some people like to sit outside and eat. And, and you know, you don't have to stick around in the eating areas when you're done. When you're done, you can walk around the campus and like, you know, maybe you can go to your class early and just hang out there until everyone else gets there, you know. Cafeteria is a fun place to hang out. Oh yeah, I have 30 years of cafeteria experience. (laughs) Oh yeah. (laughs) And just to add on to that a little bit, we're still post-pandemic here on campus. So a lot of things are not fully available the way that they once were. So in the past, we have had students who have joined campus clubs, or who have had radio shows. So anything that the campus offers in terms of clubs or activities, we have access to those as well. And once things get up and running, it's our plan to start a D&D club, Dungeons and Dragons club, that would be open to the campus yeah, talk, as well. You, that's another thing that fascinates me. Talk a bit about Dungeons and Dragons, what that's like and what kinds of skills derive from that. Who took Dungeons and Dragons? I did. Uh, I took uh, Dungeons and no? Dragons. Okay. So with Dungeons and Dragons, we basically learned that how to, well, the most basic thing is that we learned how to play it. But we also learned that, you know, teamwork is that one special thing that you got to have in your life. You know, when you have a party, as in like a Dungeons and Dragons party, you got to work with, you got to, yes, the players, you got to work with your members, your team, you got to work as a team. So 
Dungeons and Dragons also helped us create characters and like, you know, develop them, give them character development. We had a whole story, so it probably gave us a little bit of storytelling techniques, maybe. There's all sorts of stuff that could be learned from Dungeons and Dragons class. And I was one person who took that class, so I learned quite a bit. Right, go around the room and have you guys give your best pitch for <laughs> getting someone to join the GAP program. What is graduation like, Kate? Graduation is a combination of their certificate ceremony as well as their final production. So it takes place on the stage of the DCC Theater and we start off with the student production. And then the week before that, we really have a tech week. Well, we're in there practicing with the sets and people backstage getting things set up and their costumes. And so it really is a full production in terms of sets and costumes and mics and everything that we need. So we have a tech week prior to that final ceremony. So it's their final production. And then we have a certificate ceremony where the students receive a certificate from both Bristol Community College as well as the Gottschall Access Program saying that they completed the program. So, we're going to go over each student and give your best pitch why this would be a good program for people to sign up and be part of. Want to start with Dan, the senior? Okay, so I've learned a lot in my time here. I spent four years here because I got an extra year because COVID happened. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, it kind of messed everything up, but hey. <laughs> got your bonus here. Yep. So, yeah, I've definitely learned a lot. I think this is a very good program if you're looking to learn new things, you know, make some friends, and you just want to develop the skills that you need to succeed in a traditional college setting or the workforce, wherever you, you want to go in life. Kevin Riggins? Right. So, if I wanted to pitch someone to come attend this college, I'd basically tell them that this place has got everything you want. Like, you know, this place has, like, everything. If you qualify for this place and you really want to go to this place, just go to it. Like, you got, like, people who are extremely nice, like the instructors and the students. You got various classes and even some that you can pick yourself. These, these enrichment classes. You got all sorts of stuff to like do here. And basically this place is definitely one of the bestest colleges that anyone can ever go to. I honestly think that if you've had a hard time in previous colleges and stuff, if you had the like, problems in older places like that, I think you'd find that you'd have a better time here because yeah, it's just that good. This place is that good. And Devin? So a very positive thing that I have found about these courses, firstly, I have not had any negative ideals of this program or the college I'm at, and I see no possibility of seeing anything like that in the future. I also appreciate the, being able to, regardless of what goes on in the world and what mandates and stuff change, that gap always leaves itself open somehow to its students, like some place to go, lessons to learn, and you're also not like forced to be here if circumstances absolutely do not bode well for you to allow. So you're not like a prison that's not if that's too strong. Unlike like, like primary school, <laughs> even then it's too strong. I would say at, like experience with schools, okay as well. 
I also appreciate the in-person. I mean, I know that it doesn't always end up being in-person, but some way working with the teachers does imprint on you outside of the program. Like, it has helped me with gaining habits and ideas about like paying more attention to my own health and my endeavors and activities, my plans for the future, and I thank the program very, very much for that. And I think you will too. Take final comments from the director of this program. Gonna ask me to talk after they've all made me cry. <laughs> um, I think something that Devin touched upon is, you know, one of the hallmarks of the program is you have to want to be here, and I think that makes all the difference. Is that the students who are here and the staff who are here want to be here, and everyone really enjoys themselves. Exactly. That is actually another thing I meant to mention in my pitch. If you really want to be here and you want to learn, and you want to also have fun while you're learning, this is definitely the place to go if you want to have fun while you're learning. It's just like the crash courses. They make them like fun for everyone. And a lot of those lessons that they don't have in the normal school stuff that really should be taught more to people, even if they're not like newer divergent. Right. Yeah, I mean, life skills is, a, is very important thing to learn whether you're autistic or not so I think they should definitely be teaching more of those life skills in traditional school settings mm, I think so too I mean I actually couldn't agree with you guys more because I came from a background where we could have used more life skills rather than the academic stuff so that's a good insight mm. well this has been fun I want to thank Kate Ganzerall the director Devin Kevin and Dan for your participation in this podcast. And I just want to remind everybody that the music heard on Presence on Your Journey was written by George Winston. Presence on Your Journey is a podcast of community autism resources. Barbara Domain is our executive director. Nick Domain is the executive producer of this podcast. And you can listen to this podcast by going to our website, which is www.community-autism-resources.com or you can access it via podcast anywhere that you get your podcasts. There's a whole list of them from iTunes to Apples to however you access your podcasts, you can hear this program. Just ask for Community Autism Resources. I ask my smart speaker to get me Community Autism Resources and she does it. So thank you for joining us. This is Dennis Bosselli.